Welcome to the Skeleton Crew 2020 Halloween Special. Just like we do every October, we creep up on you and surprise you with a little treat for the month of Halloween. That's right, Halloween has turned into a month for all of us. And the Skeleton Crew wants to keep it that way. Instead of giving you one big show like we've been doing for the past couple years since our mm, basic retirement, this year we have a special. It's 2020. You guys are bored out of your minds. You can't do what you really want to do. Things are limited. So when there's normally limits, when we have one show every October of every year, now we have eight. Eight is great, guys. Enjoy this one. Okay, we are now getting to a top five horror movie for me. This is The Return of the Living Dead, 1985. Uh, Released August 16th. Director Dan O'Bannon. Writer Rudy Ritchie and John Russo. Uh, Now this has a cast that's to die for, man. You got Clue Gulliger, James Caron. Don Kalfa, Thom, 
Matthews. Paul Matthews. <laughs> Beverly Randolph, who's not that amazing. Uh, this guy's not amazing. <laughs> Jewel Shepard, who is insane. Um, she was a stripper, and now she's Casey in this movie. Miguel Nunez, the iconic demon from Friday 13th Part 5, who was homeless when he was cast for this movie. So clearly, uh, these movies got his career started for real. Uh, you got Trash, played by Linnea Quigley. Oh, my God. Then you have Mark Venturini, who is suicide, and he is the dude who buried the axe in the back of the loser in Friday the 13th Part 5. Oh, shit, that was him. Yeah, man, that's that's that dude, Vic. And uh, <laughs> he unfortunately died like soon after all this of, uh, I think, leukemia, something like that. Unfortunately, so yeah, this this movie is uh, amazing. Um, it's definitely top five. I still remember the first time I ever saw it back in, I think two thousand two or three was the first time I ever saw this, and I was hooked instantly. Man, like there's something that's very engaging about this movie. Um, the setting of this movie is just so different. It's so believable. Um, it, it kind of, it just puts you there and it makes it, you makes you live this movie like in a lot of ways, even the way they play it off is like, this is true based on true events. And then the way they bring the whole meta, <laughs> meta thing into it by saying night of the living dead, that was based on a true case and how the things were delivered there. And, the you know, two, four, five trioxin and all this yeah. stuff, you know, um, it just has all the elements. It has um, the atmosphere, uh, just like the way the the punks look and the car that they're driving in and the spray painted up cemetery. It has it has like such great atmosphere that way. I love how everything is so engaging in this movie because like when when Freddie and Frank realize that all these dead things are alive the intensity just gets so ramped up like especially with that the way it kicks off with them breathing in the the chemical and the way the music kicks in it's badass right there like the score we could make a whole show just based on the score and the soundtrack of this movie right the soundtrack is as big as the as the movie itself <laughs> believe it or not <laughs> Um, it's just so yeah. engaging. Like twenty minutes into this movie, we have that naked cemetery dance with the punkers. I mean, that is eighties epicness right there. When you see Spider's reaction to it all, how into it he is, like you feel like you're living out like a party when you watch this movie. It's a whole nother experience. And Dan, you just watched this movie for see you did a video commentary with us back in like God, 2013, I think it was. So uh, you were probably like more your headspace was in, gee, I have to have something witty to say during this instead of really taking it in. So what did you feel on this second watch? Because you only saw it twice now. What did you feel uh, last night when you watched it and you really took it in? Well, so yeah, dude, you said it, man. First time doing a commentary on a movie that you haven't seen before. (laughs) I would not recommend recommended if you're trying to pick up like plot points and like you know because let's face it that was a lot of fun but i was more engaged in like the conversation and just the reactions and everything you know but that was also the first time seeing anything 
like that. You know, I didn't know any of those actors were in it. Um, it, it was a lot to take in the first time. So, so this time, um, first of all, no, nobody told me when A. Quigley was naked through the whole movie, mm. basically, <laughs> which I found uh, definitely awesome. A nice surprise. Yeah, it was. But, um, you know, as soon as the movie started off, because it's, it's really a classic, you know, everybody reveres this movie as they love it. And I've never heard a bad thing about this movie ever, like ever. So I'm watching it. And at first, you know, with the intro and he's he's showing him around the, the, the morgue and everything. And, and, you know, you're getting to know the characters or whatever. I thought it was OK. Then they introduced the punk. And I and I I know what you're saying. You, you start to get like a feel for the movie. It's quintessential '80s. Uh, by the way, 1985, the year I was born. So I was like, oh, like I always love watching movies just to get you know some sort of um, you know. Uh, so looking back and. And, you know, at the at the wardrobe, I mean, it, it's a lot to take in right at first, but then the dialogue starts. It's really witty. It's it's fun more than anything. And I was like, OK, this is cool. This is cool. I still didn't see what everybody was talking about yet, though. Like, I, I was like, why is what makes this movie so special? Like, why is this a classic in a lot of people's eyes? And uh, I'm not going to lie, the movie continued, and <laughs> I, I quickly realized why that was. Holy fuck, is this movie awesome. Like you said, when they start playing all that music, you know, the classic song that we use for our show even, <laughs> I was jamming, dude. I was, I was loving every second of this. Once, once it starts to pick up and, and everything starts to happen – yeah. Um, it doesn't really let up for one. And second of all, it, it doesn't let up with the with the fun. It's just everything that's going on. There's several different stories going on. And it's just it's, it's an enjoyable watch. Right. And, you know, at the end, <laughs> by the end, by the final shot, I was like, wow, completely won over. And I, I also wanted to try and separate, you know, kind of the hype going into this movie as well. Because don't forget, too, even when I watched that back then to when I watched it now, like I've seen the actors in, in the Friday the 13th movies a lot more now. And, you know, I, I have a better understanding of who exactly they are. So I think I had more of an appreciation this time around. But fuck, man, I loved every second of this ride. Like I really did. And I, I didn't at first, but because everything happened the way it did, I I, I would include the beginning of it too even though it's kind of yeah, now uh, looking back you're like oh, okay there was something yeah because like without that beginning it really doesn't work because you need nope. freddie is your vehicle you're like his first day at work he's getting introduced to everything just like you are you don't know anything yep. that's going on in here in this medical supply you need a medical supply warehouse you don't know uh, what they do there. So as he's learning, you're learning. And then that makes it so that when this all goes down, like you get completely engulfed in this dilemma because you were there when it all like the investment comes and it gets deeper when when uh, Bert comes in, you know, the boss. And now yeah. it gets even deeper because you feel like like you're with them trying to figure out what to do. 
And, you know, even you are trying to figure out what to do because when he he rams the pickaxe through the guy's fucking brain and he's like, I hit the fucking brain. He's like, well, this ain't the movies, all right? Like, at that point, you're (laughs) like, well, yeah, that's what I thought, too. So now, like, it's a true, complete, you know, engulfment of... Right. And and I'll also say this, too. They quickly made up their own rules and they were so simplistic that I loved it. They were like, oh, yeah, this stuff, it leaked into the graveyard. Done. All set. Like, right. you don't need some some world apocalypse happening. Like, uh, we hear on the news that this is going on everywhere. Um, and going back to, like you said, the, the, the space, this, th- this lived in space is crazy. Between the graveyard and, and the, uh, I mean, what is it, a morgue? A warehouse and a morgue. The warehouse and a morgue, all all of those. It just felt like I, I don't know. There was something about the space, you know. And I I couldn't tell if it was the writing or the directing or both because, dude, Dan O'Bannon. I mean, he wrote Alien, right. you know. So obviously, he's got a sense of of writing this type of stuff, which obviously has to be translated, you know, through the director as well. But Man, I, I can't tell who who I give credit to more. Maybe it's just to everybody. But damn, did they do a good job of, first of all, creating their own world and then throwing us in that world and having us live in it. It was awesome. It was so much fucking fun. Wow. Jamie, what do you what do you take away from this movie? I know this is a personal favorite of yours too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a I have a very long history with this movie, starting with, uh, well, when it was released. This is a movie that I saw... At the drive-in with my mom, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the crew before. I know I've talked about it on other shows. But the uh, the drive-in that we used to go to in Atlanta, the Starlight Drive-In, uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Starlight, they're still around, um, nice. was right next to a graveyard. <laughs> so throughout this entire movie, I was freaked out. And I was like, wow. I was 11 years old. And I was freaked out. I kept turning around and looking at the graveyard. And I was like, okay. And then I would look at the movie. And then I would, like, every few minutes, I would have to turn and look at the graveyard just to make sure that nothing was coming after me. And if you think I'm exaggerating that, then you don't know me very well. Because that is exactly how it went. Like, it is... It, it, you know me like I am I I genuinely get scared of things which is why I love horror like I it that's what I want you know so I, I d- it did not go well <laughs> I mean I loved the movie but it scared the shit out of me so um <laughs> it uh, yeah but then it quickly became one of the most rented movies in our house like I've seen it so many times uh, I couldn't even tell you and uh, it also um you know for our wedding I had posters made that I where I altered the the titles of the films so like Jaws became Vows, Dawn of the Dead became Dawn of the Wed. Um, so one of the ones I used was Return of the Living Dead, and I altered it to say Return of the Loving Dead. Hmm. And oh. I had date and our names and stuff put on it, but that's how much I love this movie. And oh, and my God, it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I have soundtrack and I will listen to it just on loop you know um every song on the soundtrack is great it's fantastic yeah and it's one of those like beginning to end albums that you just you don't stop you don't skip around you just put it in and you let it go because it's phenomenal right. 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, oh, plus Tom <laughs> Matthews. Holy shit. I have been in love with Tom Matthews since, well, I'd say since this movie because Friday the 13th was after this. But um, right. this movie and the sequel, because he's in the sequel as well, <laughs> and different character, same actor, different character. But Oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's a whole other story. <laughs> James Karen is in it too, but as a different guy. Um, the two of them, Dan. Actually, play great robbers in the second one. Um, but uh, so I, yeah, I, I was in love with Tom Matthews. I was just all about this movie. I still am all about this movie. I think the the makeup effects are oh my god, insane. Oh, the, oh uh, my god. The uh, the oh, and like the one that like goes like. The little half one that comes in, that comes at him that was a real dude. I can feel myself rot. Oh wait, oh you mean the 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 stumpy gimpy one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you if you look at the last frame of his scene, he he's totally falling over, like he slipped, and they cut that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, he's a uh, that's he's just they just put like some makeup on him, but he's really like a an amputee, I guess. Or I don't know if he was born that way, but either way, uh, it's oh, oh, and Clue Gulliger. I love him too. I've been in love with him for for like all my life, and he's like crazy old. I know, but it, I don't care. I love him. I love his voice. I love his demeanor. I just love everything about him. James Karen is hilarious. That whole scene that you already talked about, where they're killing the the, the naked zombie uh, from the freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Things like details, like the half dog, um, oh, it just it's yeah. on and on and on. And the thing is, this is one of those movies where if you if you go back and you watch it again, you just start to pick up on stuff like the eye chart in the office. Um, if you if you read the eye chart, it says um, like I work for a cheapskate or something like that. Bert is a slave driver, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, but like, you're not going to pay attention to that the first time you're watching it. Cause it's, you know, whatever it's in the background, it's an eye chart, but these, it has those little things, those little touches that, and also little bits of dialogue here and there that are really meaningful, but you don't necessarily, you might not necessarily pick up on it the first time you watch it, but the more you watch it, the more you pick up. I love the fact that the, uh, the whole Easter egg thing, you know, that, I mean, this guy, is living his life waiting for something to happen. Oh, God. 14 years looking for this, these canisters that were shipped to the wrong place. <laughs> he's, a, he's kind of a dick. He's a dick to his wife. Um, just their little relationship bits that, that I always find that interesting, you know, because she's like, oh, I'm making veal. And he's like, I had it for lunch. I'm like, what? No, lamb chops, I thought it was. <laughs> He, he had it for like, he had minced lamb chops. Yeah, yeah. The whole th- the whole setup it just brings it to like a different level of engagement because knowing what he's doing, knowing what's going on there, like like I said, when Bert comes in, you you almost feel like you got Bert in trouble too with these guys. You know, it's like a weird way right, of right. bringing you in. Like there's no disconnect like there usually is. So with these. Yeah. Yeah. Like the situation and intensity and their reactions to this make it feel so lived in. And it's amazing. Even this guy, Ernie, at the mortuary, like when he's doing the favor, and now we all have to try to convince him to do this, and he's going to do it. Well, you know, dude, he's all, you know, and he pulls out the gun, and he's like, let's go take him out the parking lot and shoot him. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, I don't know if you caught it, but Bert and Ernie, you know, they're friends. Right, but that was not intentional. It's not like a uh, It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing where it actually ties into the Sesame thing. Um, Dan O'Bannon had no idea of any of that. It was just a, a happy accident. It's just funny that they happen to be friends and their names are Bert and Ernie. Right. Um, oh, that's, that's funny. <laughs> it's phenomenal. And this is like anytime anybody complains about fast zombies, um, right here, dude. They've been around since 1985. You know, uh, 28 Days Later did not invent that. So uh, these zombies talk, which is hilarious. You know, you get oh, I love that. Send more paramedics and you know, send more police, which is great. Um, they talk. They you know they think. They reason. They run. They and honestly, I think they're scary as hell. Like I yes. really do. When the scene when they start coming out of their graves. That is so scary to me. And then, like, you know, when and if you'll notice, like, the movie's all, like, trippy and fun. Like, you know, we, you know, and they're and the music. And then you get that one moment where everything just stops. Like, the music stops. And then it gets dark. And you can hear the moaning. And I'm like, oh, God. And that's, that's what makes me, like, turn around. And, that's what I was turning around and looking at the graveyard behind me. It's while, while it is fun. It has everything. It, it is also genuinely scary. Oh, it creeps you the fuck out. Like when that when the cremation smoke goes out into the air and then the rain starts coming down and then the lightning strikes and that music kicks in, it is fucking on. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, I love that too where you can see the water trickling down into the graves. Yeah, yeah, into the guy's foot. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. that's great. Yeah, now that's that's at the 38 minute mark and that's like perfect timing. Like everything was perfect timing, right? Like halfway before the that in between that is when you get that dance the strip dance scene in the graveyard. Like every it has great beats and this movie knew exactly when it and even kicking it in right away after he shows him around a little bit, he hits that tank and you get the opening credits. Like this movie thrives on beats. That, and yeah, it, dude, you're absolutely right. And it, it also says something about, especially in this day and age, I don't know, for me personally, where characters are so unlikable and you end up being stuck with them. Therefore, like, oh, yeah, you have to side with them. With these people, before the shit goes down, even, it's like, oh, this is fun. Right. Like, this is cool. <laughs> Fuck you, ball buster. It's also very different, though. Like, I'm asking myself, like, okay. Could I see these people being friends together? Like I'm asking myself these questions because just physically um, what they're all wearing, that's not something that that people wear today. So not only is it jarring, but it kind of it kind of took me out of it for a second. But this is a testament to the characters where it didn't matter. Like it None of that mattered. Like they, like all, all the conversations that the the group of kids, all the punks were having, it was so fire. Like, I loved these conversations that were happening. I was like, oh, wow. So this is this is what's going on here. OK, I can totally dig this. And then and then, you know, the shit hits the fan. And like you said, even they do that in its own way, in its own unique way. And like I said, they set up their own rules with that, that when all these worlds kind of, um, you know, converge, man, is this fucking so much fun. Like, I legit had a blast watching this last night. Like I had a great time. And for me personally, 
the the big thing going in was all right like this is like on everybody's top five list like ever oh, yeah. like pe- people that don't even watch I haven't heard that, believe it or not, much. I'm like the only one I know who says top five. I don't know anybody else who says it. Yeah, like I I would think more people. And I I have thrown it out there recently, like greatest zombie movie of all time. And a lot of people said yes recently. But, you know, there's always those ones who say, no, it's the Romero trilogy. And that's fine. If that's what you're into, that's cool. But the problem is... I'm not into them. Like, I understand that they're good and all that kind of stuff, and I, I get it and all that, but it just doesn't it doesn't click with me. So uh, this does, so I right, right. can't lie. I think this is better. But, like, think of, like, the amazingness of this movie. Like, the, you know, we talked about moments. Think of the characters, and I'm not even talking... Like, here's... If you have any problem with this movie, one of them could be that... The majority of the zombies didn't look amazing. They they kind of cheaped out on them, and they just smeared mud on a lot of these actors. But, you know, like, I make it work in my own head where I think to myself, well, these are just the freshly dead people, and the way you see – and the reason you see them, like, in a majority – uh, of the of the zombies is because they are in better shape and they can get around better and that's why they they attack faster and you see them more that makes sense yeah that does make sense and it's all juxtapositioned with the amazing iconic zombies that are in this movie you have tar man you got redhead zombie oh they have names and shit. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> cool. the redhead chick that was ripped in half, and she's like, I can feel myself rot. Like, that scene alone, like, you, you, yes. people talk about Bub or whatever, the guy with the headphones. I'm sorry. I am far more into this chick who's squirming around on that table than I am Bub. And she had zombie boobs. She had zombie boobs. Yes. You could see the, you could see that. With a spinal cord wiggling back and forth. And the spinal bed. fluid dripping out of the bottom of it. Yeah. Like, amazing. And then you got the, the iconic look of the Freddy zombie. Like, what genius to have him in that jacket and then throw acid in his eyes so he has that red across. Like, it's just a beautiful image. The imagery yeah. right. is amazing. It was so specific, and they were so different too. They were so different, and I'll be honest with you, Alex. I when you talking about the other zombies, uh, you know, like the background zombies, I didn't even notice that they that they they were subpar to those ones because those ones were so great. Like that's all I'm thinking of. Right. Oh, good. Exactly. See, it's so great. It overshadows even the the trash zombie. She's naked and white and. Now has a demon face for some reason, <laughs> like <laughs> right, just right. like crazy. But you, you know what else too, though. Okay, so th- like we said, this movie kind of uh, breaks and makes its own rules as far as the, the zombie thing goes. And you know, often you see in The Walking Dead, you know, the the, the bites, right? And then it slowly, it slowly happens. Well, <laughs> dude, the scenes you're getting with 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 Thaw Matthews and the other guy as they're slowly turning, and you know, the the temp the temperatures of them. Yeah, room temperature. Jesus Christ. 
I okay. We were laughing so fucking hard. Wacey goes, Tom Matthews is kind of my fucking favorite person now. <laughs> like his screaming in this was so just I, I, I it it's so hard. So, bad. <laughs> so satisfying. It's like, oh my god. Like I never thought I'd say that. Like somebody in so much pain and like suffered like but it was so enjoyable. Brought you such joy. <laughs> Yeah, oh, dude, how about the, the, the chilling fucking kills of this movie? Like, when Suicide, he pulls that curtain, and there's Tar Man. Holy God, shit. God, that breaks my heart, because he was dude. going to save him. Like, he was trying to save his friend. Right. And he was a dick, you know? Like, he, it's not like he was, like, all warm and fuzzy. He was right. a guy who was just, like, cranky all the time. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a costume. Yeah, what do you think that is, a fucking costume? <laughs> Um, but at that point he was going to save his friend and I was like, oh, and then he gets a fucking head bitten open. I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was, it made, it hurts my soul. It does. I didn't see that coming at all. That was, that was shocking. Like this movie has everything in it, you know, and the tone that they find, um, I, I, I want to watch it again because it's like, yeah, d- do that. That see see this guys, just just do that. Yeah, just keep making this movie over and over. See, you should have watched it before now, you stupid honky. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Dan, there's a whole documentary on this movie, and it's so good. It's, yeah, doc is so good because the the fun thing about that doc is they don't sugarcoat anything. And there's like if there was beef on the set, they will fucking say it. And like, and it's just, it's great because they don't hide anything. They just, they talk to everybody too. And they just go all out. It's really, really, really well done. I highly recommend it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could see also somebody seeing this at a younger age and, and this being one of those movies that, that completely changes it for them. One of those horror movies that just does it like, oh, my God, like this is my thing. You know, oh, yeah. um, I, I felt that way last night watching it and I've seen thousands of horror movies. You know what I mean? So it's just I don't know. Like and there's something about the hype, though. Like I'm always I'm always trepidatious going in like, all right. Like I, I try not to think about it, to be honest with you. I'm just like, all right. Like blank slate, like get this out of your head, and I'm watching it, and I'm watching. It. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's uh, I, okay, yeah, people, people like it, and then by the end, I'm like, fuck, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like that was the sh- shit right there. You know what's funny, Alex? You mentioned the Romero zombies, and I don't know. Um, I know most people out there probably know, but like Dan, I don't know if you know that um, Russo, who was behind this movie, oh. he was Romero's partner back when they did Night of the Living Dead and Dawn. No, Night of the Living Dead. When did they split? Babe? Russo and Romero. <clears throat> I don't know exactly when, but it was before after, Dawn of the Dead. It was before Dawn. Yeah, because yeah. that's why it's of the dead. OK, so um, they did Night of the Living Dead. But when they split, Romero took the rights to like day of night of you know blah 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 russo took the rights took the rights to the living dead part so Ah. that's why when romero continued he has dawn of the dead day of the dead survival of the dead diary of the dead land of the dead um not in that order i messed up the end but um and then russo had return of the living dead so he took the living dead part so that's just 
I just think it's interesting because when you look at those two movies or, you know, those two types of zombie movies, they are polar opposites of each other. Right. So when he left Romero and he did his own thing, they are suddenly fast. They talk. They think, you know, they I mean, everything that Romero zombies didn't do. These zombies do. Yeah, eating brains was invented here because Romero just ate the ate the person in general. Brains. Yeah, the original zombies ate ate the all the flesh and anything. These zombies right. go straight for brains. So and that was something that had not been done before. And really, and what I think is weird is that popular culture. If you look at like if you talk to a normie about zombies, the first thing they go to is brains. You know, um, right. if you anything normie to do with zombies, they'll be like, zombies eat brains. But they didn't. Not until this. So, yeah. um, and somehow this this movie and the rules of this movie has bled into the popular culture. And that wasn't, you know, they're not even the original. So I just... I think they don't even realize it's from that movie, right? Yeah, they don't know anything. They just know the zombies eat. <laughs> They're just right. fucking normies. Hmm. Yeah, like this movie just is so. It just snuck into the pop culture of what we know zombies to be. And I'm so lucky. I'm so glad. And I found one of my favorites of all time. The thing I always wanted the skeleton crew to be was like, I wanted you to feel like you were on that roller coaster ride that I felt when I watched this movie. Like literally when Mike and I started talking about this and, and it was conceived and we, and that's one reason I brought Dan in because I felt that Dan made things feel that way. So he, I wanted like a party fun atmosphere and it was all based around this movie. And that's why we use this movie as our, uh, you know, typical, uh, intro song and stuff like that. So it really plays big on why I'm definitely sitting here, and all three of us, because of how it all led, sitting here today. So, uh, just to wrap it up, yeah, it was uh, the ending, like, who lived and everything was great, because you're so happy, like, Spider survived, and a couple other people survived, you're so glad about it. You find out the army has a fucking contingency plan, everyone's fucked despite their efforts, and it's bam, and it w- it's so big and popular and loved that it spawned four sequels that I really don't <laughs> recommend any of them except, you know, watch part two for fun, watch part three because it's interesting and the other two, if you're a completist watch part four and five <laughs> so, Jamie, how do you rate this out of five? It's a five. You're eating five brains out of five. <laughs> five as well, man, what a ride and thank you guys and, and you know, to bring it all full circle, Alex, um, when I heard that song play, dude, fucking instant goosebumps. Yeah, just like when people hear Buckethead play uh, Soothsayer. Exactly, dude. Yeah, Hall of Famer on this show, five out of five. I'm eating five brains and puking them up. I don't care. I'm stuffing myself. This was amazing. So happy to talk about this movie. <laughs>